Let's pray that we thanks to the offering and then uh, we'll, we'll get into the message. Father God, we acknowledge that you are Lord and we are not. And today is all about you. The offerings and the, the gifts that have been handed over to you, Lord, we pray that they are used to bring honour and glory uh, to your kingdom here on earth. Help us to be part of that, Lord. Help us to be uh, shining lights for you. Help us to be the salt of this earth. Help us to be people who are worthy of the calling. Lord, help us to be uh, the people that reflect our love for you. Amen. So as I mentioned before, the, the message today is about the importance of church and the importance and value of church. Um, <laughs> I thought it was appropriate to kind of do it now, leading in, we're going to be about to lead into an, a different series, so there's a very small gap where uh, I thought it might just be nice to have a bit more of a, a, a different themed uh, message as well as really interactive one. I remember when I was uh, in the Trigir Church teaching the kids, uh, the young people particularly, uh, similar sort of thing. So what we used to do, we used to have the, the gathering together and halfway through, we used to have the, the group, um, the young people come out and we had a, a, their own teaching. And I used to call it SOS. It's called, it stand for Serving Our Saviour. Anyway, we used to go through this book that I'm actually pinched some of the questions out of. Um, and they're really, they're more like talk sheets. So they give you a question and the idea is to talk about the answers some of the questions are designed to make people maybe decide one way or the other where maybe the real answer's in the middle. And it's just kind of reflecting on that. And I thought, oh, it would be really cool to have purposely put out some of these questions. And oh, But I thought there might, arguments might start and the division might start. And you know, Brad, you've come up with a sermon that's divided the church. That's not the idea of it. So I've actually changed the questions to, for us to be able to just really focus on church and maybe some of the things that we do and maybe some of the things that we will do in the future um, and looking at how we value them. And I think that kind of gives us, for me anyway, it kind of when you reflect on what you value as a church, I think that's where we can build from that. If we really value, say, for instance, Bible teaching and the guy at the front doesn't use the Bible, then we're kind of missing what we value or, you know, vice versa. We, we value the music team, but we don't, there's, no, there's no musical instruments, you know what I mean? So we want to just make sure what we're valuing lines up with what we're doing. Anyway, we used to speak to the kids and we actually did this topic and I remember some of the kids go, well, I call them kids, they were young people. Said, church is boring. Church is boring. Now, I admit, sometimes I rock up and I think, oh, church is boring. And I'm preaching, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't know if you ever have that attitude or maybe once you get to more of an adult, you don't necessarily say, oh, church is boring, you say, I don't feel like church today or I'm not in the mood for church. You ever feel like that? 
You are, you can put your hand up. It's okay. Like, I'm not going to go, oh, they don't feel like church. But reality is, it's going to come at a certain point if it hasn't already. There's going to be times we don't feel like church. We're not in the mood for church. Sometimes I'm in the mood not even to get out of bed to come to church. And that's reality. That's just how it is. But I think when we realise what we value, we actually value... Hang on, you guys listed 20 things in, in within five minutes of what is the best thing about church. For me, it's another way of almost saying, what do you value the most? And you could probably list that same list. When the kids used to say, oh, church is boring, church is boring, and I say, okay, hang on a second. We need to figure out what is church before we can say it's boring, okay? So I used to tell them, and like you've heard probably many times, the church is not the building, it's the people. We've heard that before, but I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. And I used to say to the young people, you are part of the church. You are part of the church. So does that mean that you are boring? Because you're part of the church. So does that mean you're boring? And then you can see their face change. I'm not boring. I'm, I'm cool. You know, like, I'm hip. Like, this is, like, no, other people are boring, but not me. Like, I'm cool. You know, like, this it doesn't, no, it doesn't work like that. Come on, Brad. Like, you're trying to trick me. No. You are part of the church. And I said to, used to say to them, I used to put them on the spot, I said, your attitude is boring. Huh? Yeah. Your attitude is boring. Because you don't want to participate. You don't want to be involved. You don't want to listen. You don't want to actively be part of it. You just want to turn up because there's free morning tea, probably. Or you just want to turn up because it's something to do rather than stay at home. And then you can see it in their eyes. They're realising what I'm trying to say. Our attitude and what we value is what we bring in the door. If we turn up and we have a boring attitude or a, or a hard attitude or, you know, oh, I get it, we will turn up in different ways, shapes and forms. But when we come to this place, we have to remember you are part of it. Whether you're sitting in your normal seat or not, whether you're active participant or not, we are all the church, okay? Your attitude should reflect what you value. So if you're valuing prayer, Bible teaching, fellowship, where's the list? The children, the flowers, the sermon, the psalms, the socialising, the lunches, finding out the needs of others. If this is what you value, if this is the best thing about church, then your attitude's got to reflect that. You understand what I'm saying? It's got to reflect that. When we put out the, you know, the rosters and things like that, we're looking for people to be active participants in the church, whether it be reading a Bible out loud whether it be doing the flowers or on the door or mowing or whatever it might be, we're looking for active participants in the church who value, who value the things that you listed. It's funny, all of these things 
that you've listed, none of them have to do with the building or the property. And that's good. Because you've realised what the church is. It's the people, not the building. Although we do need people to look after the building as well. (laughs) And praise God for the working bee yesterday. That's another example of church. And we're going to get to some Bible readings in a minute. But I want to lay down the platform. Uh, Yesterday morning we had the working bee. There was a number of people involved. And it was interesting... Uh, the different gifts and talents just in the, on display in a working bee. Now, I was really lucky to be involved in watching and also participating in doing the garden, sort of that side and down that way. And I'm watching people pick up mess that I've made with a hedge trimmer. I just went berserk with a hedge trimmer. I felt a little bit bad afterward looking back and go, oh, geez, there's a lot of mess. And by the time I've kind of tried to start helping pack up the mess and all the, the, off, the off clippings, half of the mess had already been cleaned up. And that's because five or six or seven or eight people were to and from the bin, to and from the bin, picking up the mess. That's church. You understand what I'm saying? I had a role to play, I played it. Other people had a role to play, they played it. Other people organised, other people did this, other people did that. We all had different roles to play, but in the end we were all trying to achieve the one thing and that was tidy up this place. That's church. I saw church in action yesterday or yesterday morning in the freezing cold wind. It's not what I was. I thought it was actually. You turn up and go, "Geez, I wish there was more people." But then you you get out of the car and go, "Geez, I wish I wasn't here." (laughs) You know what I mean? Because the breeze was so cold. But I'm grateful that people did turn up. For those who did turn up, grateful. Thank you. But I was grateful to be a witness to what church is about, and I saw it saw it play out. And that leads us to the, the first reading. Oh, actually, no, come on, Brad. Go back to the questions first. All right, here we go. So I've changed it. I was going to put one against the other and you had to vote which one's the most important. But listen, what I'm going to do is um, we'll do the, the hand signal um, thing. So I'm just going to rattle off some, some things about the most important things in church, all right? This is a list. Now, some of these things we probably don't do, but that's okay. We can... We can envision some of those things happening. Um, Tony knows about this. Katie knows about this. Uh, it's not a secret. Oh, I'm about to tell the whole church. I would love to see a choir happen at this church. Now, I've probably watched too many of Sister Act movies and Black American choir movies. Um, but I tell you what, when they sing, it moves. And I thought, why can't we do that? Well, it's probably because I can't sing in tune and other people probably don't have any rhythm. But you know what? We can work towards that. I'd love to see that happen. And I've been reminded that probably won't happen straight away, but it might happen. That's just an idea that I've had. And I can see some smiles. I don't know if it's because they're like trying to envision me up the front singing with a choir or because they think it's going to be cool. Either way... Keep it in the back of your mind. When I start putting flyers out for the new choir, you're not surprised, okay? Here we go. 
Now, the question is the most important thing. Now, I'm going to read out something. So the first one is, surprise, surprise, choir. Or let's just say choir, all right? Now, you think the church, the church here needs a choir or, you know, would love to have a choir? Why don't you put your hand up? If you are, yes, I am excited about the choir starting. When is it starting, Brad? Sign me up. I want you to put two hands up. Okay? All right, so choir. Okay, yes. The cup, one, two hands. Oh, I'm for two hands. All right. Second one. The building is the most important thing. Okay, you can, if it resonates to you, like, and there's a few people choir, that's good. Don't think you can't put your hand up for another one. All right. What about foreign missions? Is that uh, important for our church? Okay. Evangelism. Is that important for our church? Okay. Children's ministry. Is that important? Okay. Oh, a few two-handers. Okay. Uh, worship service. Is that important for our church? Yep. Oh, someone should, everyone should put at least one hand up because you turned up. So that's good. <laughs> All right. Offering and tithing. Is that important for our church? Okay. Um, youth ministry. Is that important for our church? Yeah. What about church revival? Is that important for our church? Okay. Okay. Uh, spiritual growth. Is that important for our church? Everyone's getting to work out here. All right. Community outreach. Is that important for our church? Okay. A couple more. Um, senior ministry. Is that important for our church? Yes. Fellowship. Is that important for our church? Okay. Sermons and Bible teaching. Is that important for our church? Okay. And the budget. Is that important for our church? Mowing the lawn, is that important for our church? <laughs> That's not on the list. I just put that in there because it is a bit of a pain to mow the lawn. All right. Very good. Now, we're going to um, agree or disagree. Okay. So what we might do is we'll do the thumbs up and the thumbs down. Okay. So the thumbs up means, yes, you agree. The thumbs down means you disagree. And if you 100% disagree, you give us two thumbs down. And if it's, yes, I'm 100% into it, two thumbs up. Okay, we've got this. So agree or disagree, thumbs up, thumbs down. Here we go. This is all, again, about church. Do you agree or disagree you should attend church every week? Some... All right, there's a mixture. Okay, there's some up and some down. Okay, that's all right. We are we allowed to be a bit different? That's good. You can be a Christian without attending church. Okay, there's a mixture. This, but that's good. This actually, it's actually questions that you'll probably disagree with your husband and wife and you'll talk about it over lunch but that's okay this it's supposed to be different it's supposed to be it's supposed to be questions that make you think about church the church's main concern seems to be taking in the money agree or disagree 
Okay. Phew. Right. We all disagreed with that one, so we're all on, we're all on the same page for that one. Um, if there were fewer hypocrites in the church, more people would want to attend. Agree or disagree? Disagree? Majority of people disagree. Okay, okay. The church has little or no impact on today's society. Agree or disagree? Disagree, agree. Okay, yep. Listening to some Christian music is just as good as going to church. Agree or disagree? Everyone disagrees with that one. Okay, couple more. Smaller churches are better than bigger ones. Yes? No? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, you look, at the, you look at the rows and everyone's like, <laughs> it's just mixed, it's just mixed. That's fine, that's, that's the idea of it. It's making you think about church. Uh, what about this? Um, there are too many churches. There are too many churches. Yeah, too many different churches, yeah. And last one, if a church is boring to you, you should change churches. You agree or disagree? Okay. There's mixture? That's good. Okay. It's mixture. The whole idea of those questions is to get us thinking about church, get us thinking about maybe like how our church impacts society, how our church and maybe even our lives impact our family members. We all disagree and disagree and disagree with different things there. Um, but I think some of the main values we really treasure, we all agree on. We all agree on. And I think the idea of those questions, not only to reflect on, I guess, our personal journey with church, but how can us as a church start to invite, start to encourage other people in our family, other people in our community to come to this place? And I think if we're clear about who we are as a church, what we value, and we're not, we don't send out mixed messages, I think it makes it clearer for people to attend church knowing what they're coming for. Because we know in our society... We would love everybody to come to church because they, we know that everyone needs to see Jesus. And if hopefully if they come into this place and we're teaching from the word and we're encouraging, and you know what, we're having a laugh and we're enjoying church. Church is not boring. We can enjoy it. You know what, they'll probably enjoy it too because they're seeing God's love played out in our lives not just here, but when we go out. Okay? There are three questions I want to ask, and they're all directed from God's Word. And what I want you to do, if you've got a pen and paper, write it down or on your phone or whatever, what I want you to do is I want you to physically, whether it's in your mind or in your heart, I want you to answer this question for yourself. Because what what the answer is will probably be a little bit different for everybody, even though we're reading from the same verse. You know, I understand that. Because everyone here didn't answer the same as everyone else 
even in your own family groups. Everyone has a different view of church. And what works for you mightn't work for the next person. How you encourage someone to come to church mightn't look like the way I would like to encourage someone to come to church. Okay, what you lo- I love choirs, and I love I love how, especially the you know the African American church choir and how they just absolutely get into it. And sometimes I think it, I don't know if it will work here. I don't know if it worked. I think it'd be cool. I don't know if it'll work, but I tell you what, it'll be it'll be it'll be encouraging either way. And we're not black we're not black American, you know, church singers. But I tell you what, we could learn something from them as they could learn something from us. Tangent. I'm sorry. Here we go. If you've got your Bibles there, please turn with me uh, to Romans. Romans twelve four to eight is what we're reading. And I'm going to uh, read out the question, so when we read it, hopefully th- there's not a distinct answer in this passage, or there might be, I don't know. But what I want you to do is to be influenced by God's word to answer these, these questions, okay? The question for the first one is this, I can participate in my church by, you see what I'm doing, see how I'm going with this, I want us to keep valuing, but I also want us to be um, participants in church. So Romans 12, uh, 4 to 8 says this, and I guarantee you've probably heard this one before. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, then be an encouragement. If it is giving Give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if, if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. My question for you in context of Romans chapter 12, 4 to 8, is this. I can participate in my church by... Answer it for yourself in here or write it down, whatever, so you don't forget. I can participate. And if this helps you, I'll read my answer. Uh, Short and sweet, just like me, doing my gift well. Doing my gift well. That's how I'm going to participate in my church. It's not Tony's church. It's not Peter's church. It's our church, but individually you own it as well because you're here, you're part of it. How I'm going to participate in my church, well, the gifts that I've got, I'm going to do them well. I'm not going to do them half-hearted. 
I'm not going to not prepare for a sermon and try and rock up and get answers from the congregation during the middle of the service. I didn't do that. Don't worry. It was all about getting you guys involved. Whatever I do, I'm going to do it well for the Lord. That's my answer from Romans. Okay. There's another question I'd like to ask you guys. And it's based from Ephesians 4. Uh, We're going to do 15 and 16 because I think 15 gives a little bit more context. And it says this, I can build others up in love by. Now, I can build others up by, and we're going to read Ephesians. It's only a couple of verses. And see if this gives us a bit of insight how I can build other people up. Ephesians chapter 4, 15 and 16. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the bod- who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing in full growing and full of love. So in that you might have to go home and read these ones again. How I can build others up in love by What does that passage say to you? How can you build others up? My answer, again, short and sweet. For me, I said, there's two parts. I said, being more like Christ, I think, will build others up. And the other thing is doing the special work that is set aside for me. Doing that, actually actively doing that, I think, will build others up. Have you ever been somewhere and you're like, uh, I'm not feeling it and I don't really want to do it. And then someone gets up and goes, um, let's, let's pray about this. And then as soon as they say that and they kind of actively just step up a little bit out of faith, you go, yeah, you're right. We should, we should be praying about this. And then you participate in the prayer. But if they didn't get up and say oh, let's pray, you probably would have just, no, 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 you know, you probably wouldn't have thought about it. Has that ever happened to you? Someone around you stepped up a little bit, just a little bit, and it's made, it's influenced you to go with them. Has that ever happened? I hope so, because we're all part of a church. And if someone steps up a little bit, hopefully we go, oh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's encourage them. Or someone puts their hand up to do something, yeah, good on you, like, yeah, like, that's great. I'll give you a hand. You know what I mean? That's kind of what we're supposed to be doing, isn't it? Because when you step up and do your role, it actually encourages the church. You see what I'm saying? We were a little bit tired now. I've worn you out. We're coming to the end. Don't worry. But you know, understand what I'm saying? If Sam gets up and preaches and I'm sitting in there, I'm encouraged because I can see Sam stepping up or I see someone else stepping up and I go oh that's an encouragement to me 
Does it, that happens, doesn't it? It happens here. I've seen it. It happens for me. But what I'm asking you to do is to keep stepping up in your faith because you don't know how much that's going to impact the people around you and it actually helps the church grow. If everyone had the attitude, remember I said at the start about a boring attitude? If everyone has a boring attitude, we become a boring church because nobody steps up and we don't grow. But when people step out in faith, and take up an opportunity. Maybe it's a scary new opportunity. And we, oh, I've never done a Bible reading at the front. But I can read. And you know what? Maybe God's calling me to be a bit more of a participant in church. I'll give it a go. Put my name down every three months or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it will start from there. We've got to be active participants because the people around you will benefit from it. Hebrews, this is the last Bible reading and then I'm just going to finish. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Hebrews 10, 24, uh, yeah, chapter 10, 24 and 25. The question is, I can encourage others to attend church by. And you might think, oh geez, Brad, it's hard enough just getting myself here, let alone encouraging others. But that's why we're here. So it says this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. How can we encourage others? Well, maybe this is an encouragement to ourselves as well. Again, short and sweet, just like me, says this. First of all, just turning up the church can be an encouragement. I don't know about you, but there's times I've turned up the church and I have dragged myself here, um, not necessarily physically, but probably emotionally and mentally. And then I've walked out of this place going, thank you, Lord, I turned up. The message was for me, it encouraged me. Uh, I've walked out of the place ten times lighter than, than when I walked in. Or there was a time where I've turned up, didn't really want to be here, whatever, whatever, and then someone's come up to me and they said, oh, I'm glad you're here, mate, blah, 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 and they, we shared something or I've encouraged them some way, shape or form or vice versa, and I go, oh, that's why you wanted me to turn up today, God. Has that ever happened to you? I see some nods, I see some smiles. Good. We're good. Yeah, so just turning up helps. Uh, I say to the soccer team, uh, it's, it's, it's really hard. Um, it, it is really hard coaching a soccer team, let alone a, a church's soccer team that's ageing and has family and have other commitments apart from turning up on a cold Wednesday night. Now, for the moment, it's training up at Glenbrook. And you can imagine I'm turning up with jackets on, beanies on, whatever. I'm, I'm standing there yelling out to the boys. And we get three people turn up out of 17, which happened a couple of weeks ago. Now you can imagine what can you do with three blokes? Not much. You can't do much with three blokes in, in a training session. 
When you get 10, 11, 12, 13, you can do a lot more. You can have a bit more game, more open space. What I'm trying to say is when people just turn up, you can do more together. If less people just turn up, you can't do as much. We've got to turn up with an attitude of encouragement as well. If we turn up with a boring attitude, we're going to have a boring church. If you turn up with an attitude of encouragement, I'm turning up to encourage you today. That's my attitude. How can I encourage others, God? Show me. Tell me. And what it actually does is it opens our eyes to the people around us and we might actually have to turn around a little bit or turn to the side a little bit. What I like to do, and this is really selfish and I'm happy to confess sins, I like to come to church and as soon as it's finished, I like to go home straight away. I don't want to talk to people. I want to go home and have some lunch. I'm hungry or hangry, whatever it might be. But you know what I mean? You probably have the same Sometimes, oh, I just don't want to socialise today. You know what I mean? Like That's how it happens. But the reality is... Nine times out of ten, you have a conversation with someone. It's actually pretty pleasant. And it's actually about fellowship and building each other up. If, I, if we all have that selfish attitude, which I have sometimes, the church doesn't grow. And you think, oh, well, I'm only one person. I, I'm allowed to have that selfish attitude. But it only takes one bad attitude and then reflects on someone else. Like at soccer yesterday, well, we beat this team 3-2. In the last five minutes, we won. And I was stoked. Like, this was against second. So we're now top of the table. And we're like, yes. And the, the opposition player come up to me and he whinged about something I said in the game. And I thought, first of all, I thought, sour grapes. Sour grapes, we just beat you. I should be enjoying this moment. And you're trying to bring me down. But you know what I mean? It's one bad comment. And the rest of the night, I didn't feel like we won. I was, I was spewing on this comment that he made, and I'm second-guessing myself. Did I say that? Did it come out? Maybe it come out wrong. He didn't understand. What I, and all these thoughts are coming through my head because of one bad comment. Have you ever turned up to church and someone's made one bad comment? And it's ruined your church experience? I'm not going back to that church. I'm not sitting next to that person next week. No way. You know what I mean? You might have these attitudes of negativity. And I was, it was funny, I was talking about it last night with the family. And it's interesting, I wanted today to be all positive. But I think sometimes we need to look at the negative, how it can impact the church if we're not encouraging. It can influence people. It can hurt people. So if you come with an attitude of of annoyance or you come with an attitude that you are not here for the team, you're not here for God, that can reflect as well. That can spread as well. So when we come to this place, you can come to that place when you feel like me. Today I come hurt. I was hurt by what that person said. But we had a prayer at the start. We had some songs. And you know what? By the time I got up here, you know, God said, you're ready. It's not about what that bozo said to you on the soccer game. It's about us encouraging each other, turning up for each other. That's why I say to the guys at training, you've got to turn up not for you, but for everyone. You've got to turn up for everyone. Like the guys when they play soccer, a few weeks ago they played short, nine players. And normally they, they should have won. But you know what? They end up drawing 3-3. Three, three. 
in the last few minutes because they didn't have enough plates. They didn't have enough. And I think that's what we've got to do too as a church. We've got to keep turning up. You know when we did that thing, if, um, what was the question about turning up? Uh, should you attend church every week? Oh, no, oh, yeah, no, the one, other one. What is it? Oh, you can, you can be a Christian without attending church. That one here got mixed. There was mixed. There were some here. You can be a Christian without turning up the church. But I tell you what, if you're fair dinkum about your Christianity, you're fair dinkum about your faith, you'll be here. Because this is our training session. It's training for when we go out. It's building each other up. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a one-man soccer team. And if they do, I guarantee they won't win. We need everyone actively participating, involved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the gifts and talents that you've given each and every one of us. And Lord, help us to have attitudes that reflect your love. Amen.